Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Play DNA podcast. My name is Sarah. I'm Cassandra. And I'm Damon. And in this month's challenge, this is going to be September's challenge, we're talking about games you can play on an airplane. You guys excited for this topic? Yay! Now we can think <laughs> about flying in airplanes. When everybody's allowed to fly in airplanes again, this is going to be really useful. Are you not <laughs> yeah, when we get to traveling, right it'll be useful. Well, I guess you can fly domestically, but a lot of people you can only fly aren't. across this gigantic continent-sized country. <laughs> well, a lot of people aren't traveling very much right now, but for people who are, this episode is for you. <laughs> you can take these games with you, yeah, for sure. So, do you want to start, Sarah? Sure, I'll start. So my very first number one game I always bring on an airplane is Cribbage. And we talked about this in episode one. <laughs> but Cribbage is perfect for airplanes because all you need is the Cribbage board and a deck of cards. And they even sell travel Cribbage. But the regular board of Cribbage itself is very accessible to backpacks. You can stick that in there very easily. And it's perfect for airplanes because the pegs fit into the little holes and they're not going anywhere. They just sit right. there until you move the pieces. And it's perfect for two players. Usually, sometimes there's three players in a seat or three in a seat, and you can even play three. So depending on who you're going with, it's, it's the perfect travel companion to your next trip on an airplane. <laughs> I bring it every time I go traveling. So that's my first pick. I don't know. There's not much to it besides that. It's awesome, and everyone should play it. <laughs> How long is an average game of cribbage? Takes about maybe twenty to thirty minutes to pay to play cribbage. So okay, so you could get a few games in to a flight. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think anyone but me would play more than three. But <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cassandra? Okay, so I uh, I chose an escape room game, or rather a a group of escape room games. So when we were first talking about airplane games, I was saying, oh, I should talk about an escape room. And Sarah made the great point. Well, for some escape room games, you need pairs of scissors or you might need a pencil or some other basic supplies that, of course, you would have at home, but you might not necessarily have on a plane. I realized, though, that unlock games, you don't need any of those things. So unlock is a series of escape room games by Space Cowboys. Um, in order to play these games, you don't need any extra supplies. All you need is an application that you can download on your phone. Um, the application can be used with no internet, so just make sure you download it before you get on the flight and you are good to go. And um, these boxes are really small, super easy to fit on a carry-on. Uh, if you have played an escape room game before, you know there are tons of cards. And it can spread out just a little bit, but it should definitely be small enough to fit on a single airplane table or hopefully two airplane tables if it's possible. Um, this is great, a great activity for two players. You could do it solo very easily, and you could play with three players as well, though I think on an airplane that would be a little tough because, you know, two players would just kind of be crouched over the other one and, and looking, looking at all of the cards. Um, but Escape room games, I think, are really great on airplanes. We have played one on an airplane before. I think on a short flight, it's great because you don't even need to use a timer. <laughs> so instead of saying, well, you know, we have to do this in 60 minutes, you just say, we got to do it before we land. Um, and then you don't have to worry about being stopped by announcements or 
you know, drink service or anything else. So, uh, Unlock is great. Uh, the application allows for some really unique mechanics that you don't see in other escape room games. Uh, so when you think that you've solved a clue, you go into the app, you give it a little code, and it tells you whether you, you did or did not get the code correct. And they also have these items called machines. And machines add this whole extra mechanic and this whole extra kind of layer to the potential of these games. So you can, on these machines, you can kind of move knobs, you can move objects around a table, you can do all sorts of different things that you can't do otherwise because you're just using cards. So unlock games are really cool. Um, they're not all good. I wish I could say they were. <laughs> Some of them we have not enjoyed. We've played many, many of these. They're all designed by different people. So you're not necessarily going to like all of them. Uh, our favorite was the Tonopol's Treasure, which is a pirate-themed one. Um, the House on the Hill and Expedition Challenger were also really good. But um, these guys you can get in a pack of three, and they're a really good price and um, super fun. But also, if you don't want to buy anything, but you still want to try it out, Unlock actually has five demo print-and-play games that you can print out for free. And some of them are 30 minutes and some of them are 60 minutes. Um, and they're designed to kind of help you learn their system, but also they're actually pretty good. They're pretty good for demo games. So for your next flight, you could easily just print all of those uh, print and plays and download the app and you're good to go. That's cool. They have print and plays. Yeah. Are they print got... and plays of the ones that have already been released? Or are they No, they're, they're completely like separate games. Mm -hmm. So if you play the print and plays, Sick. You're not be I want to print these out right now. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah. They're good. They work. They're, they're quite good. Like you would not expect them to be good because they're just demos, but they're not, they're a lot more than tutorials. Mm. Like they're actual games. The 30 minute ones are obviously really quick, um, but they're still fun. And the 60 minute ones were, were great. I would strongly suggest anybody to, to download them. If you do and you go to Space Cowboys website, just make sure that you look at the link before you actually print because they are a French company. There are French versions of the game, but there's also an English version. So make sure you print in your own language. <laughs> Otherwise you'd be like really confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's my first pick is unlock escape room games. All right, Damon. So I think that basically any um, of those five die uh, Yahtzee-like games will work. Those are very compact games, as long as you can keep the dice rolling in a small space. Um, but I think the best by far of those games is Roll Through the Ages Bronze Age. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a game that's kind of vaguely a spinoff of Through the Ages. Um it's got the the principle of you take five dice, you roll them, uh, you can re-roll them a couple of times and lock dice as you do, and uh, you're going to come up with faces that are like wheat or workers uh, or goods or plagues. Uh, and with that, you're going to do a roll and write where you mark off um, a sheet of civilization-like progression through the Bronze Age of like technologies and monuments and um, building cities to hold your your people and then feeding them with the wheat that you 
you grow with your dice. It's extremely simple. It's probably the most simplified uh, civilization game you can do. It's mostly non-competitive. It's like 95% a solitaire game, but you could play it if any number of people. Um, you could even play it by yourself if you really wanted to. So uh, it works really well. It's really compact as long as you have a pen and like uh, you can hold the dice in with your hands or a cup or something. Yeah, I would recommend a cup for sure if you're on a plane. Yeah. I tried to think a lot about games that didn't have too, too many pieces because the idea of dropping a piece on an airplane, oh my God, what a nightmare. You can definitely do it in, a, in <laughs> an airplane cup or something that you have. Yeah. Um, but this is probably my favorite Civilization game. Uh, out, of, out of all the Civilization games, it's definitely the fastest and it's probably the most fun. All right, Sarah. So my second game, it's along the same lines of Damon's first game. It's a roll and write game called Cat Cafe. And Cat Cafe. And you just need, you know, one more dice than the number of players. So if you have two people, you just need three dice and the Cat Cafe box, which is very, very tiny. You are in this game building your Cat Cafe to be the best Cat Cafe. <laughs> and it's also kind of fun because in the game, you're either drawing yarn balls or mice or food bowls or butterflies. And that aspect of the game is really like endearing and makes the game fun. So you get to score cats and it's a really tiny game. So it's great for a backpack. And yeah, it's my number two choice is Cat Cafe. Cute. That sounds really cute. I haven't heard of that one before. Yeah, you would like it, Cassandra, because it's cat themed. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I would. Yeah, there's all kinds of little cats in there, and it's cute. So, yeah. All right. Uh, so my second pick is Jaipur, which is so much fun. And it is a two-player-only game. So unfortunately, you couldn't play this solo. You couldn't play this with more people. But it is, it's really fun, really simple, and it's beautiful. I think it's like one of the more beautiful games that I've seen. The colors are gorgeous. The art is really, really nice. Um, so this is just a simple set collection game. You are collecting various things from a marketplace. So each turn you will be buying cards from the marketplace. The kinds of things you can buy in the marketplace are things like camels, which everybody's trying to get the biggest camel herd. Uh, you could buy fabrics or spices, um, various things. And it is a 30 minute playtime could easily be played multiple times because it's dynamic enough and you're making interesting enough choices that you could play more than once with no problem. Um, there are some tokens involved, unfortunately. Um, so there, there are tokens and you would, this is probably another one that I would maybe think about bringing like a little cup or I guess you could also just keep the tokens inside of the box. And that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the box is perfect for that. Yeah, yeah, that would solve the problem because the box holds the tokens really, really nicely. Um, but also, and the box is nice and small, but also there are so few components that you could easily put this entire game in a plastic bag and just stick it in your bag if you didn't have space for the for the box. So, uh, yeah, Jaipur, lovely, lovely two-player game. Great. I love that game so much, and I'm glad you're bringing it up. I That was on my list, actually, and then you mentioned it, and I was like, going out to... Think Great of something game. else. I love that game. <laughs> yeah. I love the colors yeah. in it too. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful colors. Yeah. Uh, so I want to suggest a game that's for more than two people. So Coup is a really small game. 
Mm. Um, teeny, teeny, tiny game. You could fit this easily in your pocket, but uh, it's not really going to work super great with two people. Um, it's ideal with more than two. So uh, it would fit perfectly in if you have a row of three people and you are trying <laughs> to play a game with three people that requires almost no components, uh, or if you're trapped in the corner of an airport and you need to play a game with almost no components, <laughs> uh, then this is a game that plays up to four. It's a miniaturized version of uh, The Resistance. Uh, you might know it as Avalon. It's, it's kind of a four-player deduction game um, that uses only two cards per player. So it reduces, it takes it, the already dramatically reduced game of Resistance or Avalon and reduces that even further. So if that seemed too big for you, then <laughs> this is half of that. <laughs> and it's very, very quick. Um, you can play a game of, of Coup in about five minutes. Um, and while it's not my favorite game um, as far as social deduction goes, uh, you can you can pack it into the smallest possible space. And that's pretty much every time we've played it is in, in times we need to pack a game into a very, very small space. Yeah, it's about the size of maybe two packs of cards. I would say one half of a pack of cards. The, the the box is bigger than a pack of cards. Yeah, yeah, the box. But you could take the game and put that in, like, shove the, like, nine cards in your in pocket. In your pocket, yeah, yeah. Memorize the rules and you've halved the weight of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I like that game too. I own that one. I like it a lot. My final game is Love Letter because it's very tiny. And even if you didn't bring the whole box, which is tiny itself, you could put it in the velvet envelope that they come in and the velvet envelope would fit easily within a pocket. So, mm -hmm. and there's only these small little red cubes in the game and they're tokens of affection that you get for winning the princess's heart. It's super simple. It plays two to four, which is great if you're sitting next to three people, you can play with either two or three and it's a fast game. So you can play a couple, couple games before the plane landed. Mm -hmm. It's been out for a while, though. I mean, plus, like, they have different versions of it now. So you could get Batman Love Letter if you really wanted or some other version of that game if you're really into a original different love kind letters. of princess. Original Love Letter is the best one. Yeah, the, the classic. Go with the classic if you haven't tried it. <laughs> but Not the it's Batman. A, yeah, version. it's a wonderful, wonderful game. You could even play it without the tokens if you're worried about losing the tokens yeah, on the airplane. The it, because all they are is a scoring system and... If you don't really care, or if you just want to keep track, it's probably pretty yeah. easy to keep track it is of 18 who's cards won how many games. At 18 cards, it is one of the most minimal games on Earth. Uh, uh -huh. Love Letter was originally designed, uh, again, by a Japanese designer who um, wanted to win a competition in which you were trying to uh, create the most minimal card game with maximal fun. <laughs> well, yeah, he succeeded. Uh, yeah, he, he became rich off of this little teeny 18-card game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fun. It's a fun game. All right. So this is kind of, this is an honorable mention, but it's kind of a weird one because I don't actually like these games. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't actually think they're good games, but maybe they're for someone. And they actually really did attract us when we first saw them. So we first saw these games at Gen Con years ago, and this is a series of games called Pack-A-Games, Pack-O-Games by Perplexed. And these games are so cute. They're about the size of a pack of gum. They're so, so little, these tiny little boxes, and 
they're just delightful to look at. And they sell them in these packs. You can you can buy them individually or you can buy them in packs of eight. And uh, they're just really delightful to look at. And when we were at Gen Con and saw them, tons of people were buying them because it was just – it seemed like such a great idea. And it is a great idea. However, we've played – we've only played two. We've played two of these games. There are 16 in, in total. And the two that we played – we're very, very bad. <laughs> oh, no. They're deeply bad. They're very bad. Unique. I've never seen anything like them. Yeah, they were unique. So it's the shape of the box means that the the cards are very weirdly shaped. They're super skinny. Um, and they they figure out kind of interesting things to do with the game. So one of, one of the games you were playing – as fly swatters and you're trying to swat a fly. So you put down cards in kind of this matrix on the table and then you would have a card that has a little picture of a fly swatter on it and you have to hold it above the table a certain height and drop the fly swatter and you're trying to drop it onto one of the flies. Oh, interesting. And that was kind of the whole game. Uh, And then there was, (laughs) yeah. Then there was a second game that was... They use the the shape of the cards in a really interesting way because they are just kind of slices. And you stacked the slices on top of each other to create these fighters. And each piece was like the head or the body, the arms, you know. And um, that was interesting. But again, not a great game. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I think they're they're really cool um, the, to look at, and it's awesome that they're so tiny. But not. maybe other ones are better, so that if people wanted to play with them, you get a lot in a. Well, you don't really get a lot in a package, but you'll get fifteen minutes of something. <laughs> yeah. They are. I would say they're like stocking stuffer level of design. Once you've run out of everything else. Yeah. Try this. Yeah. They they have about an average of 6.4 on Board Game Geek. So, mm. not the, the rough worst. equivalent of a real world 1.4. Right. <laughs> not the worst of the worst, but yeah. So, that's my sort of honorable mention. More like, hey, look, this interesting thing exists, just so everybody knows. <laughs> cool. Damon, you want to go take a look at it? They're really cool looking. Yeah, they're very cute. Um, so I would recommend uh, A Fake Artist Goes to New York. Um, this is another game that's going to need more than two people, really, to work. I don't imagine this is possible with two people. Yeah, the, it might not even be possible with three people, but four people is going to be fine. The side of the box says three to seven, I believe. Or three I'm not sure if it's even seven, three but to more. I think six. It's a small package. So um, this is by a, a Japanese designer. We've mentioned him before on the podcast. Um, just these wonderful tiny games. Uh, we've played a bunch of these. These are definitely the best tiny, tiny, tiny games. Um, usually the best tiny games are going to come out of Japan. Um, the company is called Oink. Oink Games. And uh, A Fake Artist Goes to New York is the best of the Oink game series. It's a game in which you you break out the package. It's got this little pad of paper. It's got uh, these tiny little pens, all of them different colors. And you are going to pass around a card stack and one of you is going to be a fake artist and the rest of you are going to uh, know a word that is supposed to be drawn. And so you're going to pass the pad of paper around and each person is going to be able to draw a line with their colored pen and everybody's kind of trying to make 
whatever the word is. So if it's ostrich, you're trying to make an ostrich, but the fake artist doesn't know what the word is. So they're trying to stay low and try to draw a line that fits, but they don't know what it is. And everybody else has to kind of stay low as well, because if it's too obvious at the end of the game, if the fake artist can guess what the word is, they win. Uh, oh, or if they stay hidden, at least this they don't sounds lose. fun. Like the yeah. reverse of telestrations. Yeah, it's super great. Uh, super fun, very fast, very small, um, and uh, everybody everybody enjoys it. It's very cute and fits easily into any space. It could be a good one potentially for if you have a group of four, if you are in a family of four, but you got all spread out in one long row. And you easily pass it. There's no way you can really talk to each other. Yeah, you can pass. You can pass it. Cool. Um, so it's so fun. Yeah, really fun kind of social deduction game, but also a drawing game. It's very, very clever. And the boxes, the Oink boxes are so beautiful. Yeah. All Oink games are good, but this is probably the most compact and also um, just the most fun. And it's going to generate this little personal art. Yeah. Um, you could make little frames for it if you want to. You got a lot of time. They're hilariously bad. <laughs> <laughs> hilariously bad art. <laughs> cool. I want to play this game now. It's yeah. very I'd good. highly recommend it. Um, you could easily play it with just a piece of paper and you know, four different colors of marker. Even better for a plane. You don't even need to yeah. buy the game. You just need to yeah. get but some But you'll, you'll need a stack of cards that works the right way. So you'll need a fake artist card and some other identical cards that will kind of tell you the, the actual word. Yeah. How yeah. fun. Cool. Good plane picks, guys. We'll, we'll bring one of these on the plane next time we come and visit you, Sarah. Yeah, I don't think that plane ride will be very long, though. Last time it was only an hour to get to you guys, so. Yeah, it's pretty fast. All right, well, if uh, you listeners know of any wonderful compact games that would play well on an airplane, let us know. We would love to hear about more games that we should try out. You can check out our website at playdnapodcast.com. That's where you can email us, and we will also have all of the podcast notes there and list all the games that we talked about today. Thank you for listening. Play safe, play often, and we will see you next time. 